VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. We do thank you for joining us today here on Crosstalk. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that we have conducted many interviews and programs on Crosstalk pertaining to children being in the crosshairs of this world system. I mean, whether it be the LGBTQ plus movement, the entertainment industry, socialism indoctrination, the abortion industry, new age influence, hypersexualization, and so much more. It is absolutely critical, ladies and gentlemen, to reach young people with the gospel message. Did you know that there are just over 8 billion people on this planet? According to World Population Review, there's an estimated 2 billion children in this world between the ages of 0 to 14. 25% of our world's population are children under 14 and younger. It is critical that children be reached with the gospel message. And one such group that's focusing on this demographic is Child Evangelism Fellowship, who through Good News Clubs and other outreach events have a vision of reaching every child, every nation, every day. Now, if you're burdened for this next generation, you'll want to listen carefully today as we welcome Moses Estevez, who is Executive Vice President of Child Evangelism Fellowship. Our guest was born and raised in Portugal, was saved at the age of nine, and at the age of 17 felt God's call into vocational ministry. Moses, thanks for joining us here today on Crosstalk. Thank you so much, Jim, for having me. My pleasure. Uh, Moses, for those who have never heard of Child Evangelism Fellowship before, which we'll be calling CEF, uh, your founding goes back to 1937. Uh, tell us about your founder and how your ministry began. Uh, Jesse Overholter, Reverend Jesse Overholter, actually began the ministry in the 20, early 20s evangelizing children in many different cities of the country with a great passion to bring the gospel to unchurched children and lead them to faith in Christ. The ministry then later gets organized in 1937, 86 years ago. And uh, today we have 3,500 staff around the world, 400 offices in the USA. We are organized in most nations of the world, and we continue with that same fire, that same passion in our hearts to bring the gospel to the next generation so the next generation might know the Lord and walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, we're going to uh, certainly focus on your worldwide ministry, but let's begin with the U.S. ministry. And I know that in the year 2001, there was a very significant U.S. Supreme Court decision that impacted CEF. Tell us about it. Uh, it happened in 2001 that the Supreme Court decided on a vote 6-3. to three. There was a legal case that um, Good News Clubs versus Milton School District and uh, we won that case, and basically the Supreme Court said that it was constitutional for uh, CF to hold Bible clubs, uh, good news clubs, as we call them, in public schools after the last bell rang, and that we could not be discriminated uh, because of our content, because of our religious content. And so that opened the doors of public schools far and wide, even today, uh, we have many, many clubs in public schools mm-hmm. because of that decision where children, um, after they're done with their instruction, come into a classroom, they have to have a parental permission slip, and they're taught the Bible, we do songs, we share the gospel, lead kids to Christ. It's a wonderful program right there in the middle of public school. Okay, so this is uh, an hour, what, once a week? Once a week, an hour to an hour and 15. Mm-hmm. So give us a, a little a clearer picture of what exactly happens in a good news club. Uh, this is after the school day has ended. Young people are staying there with permission slip from parents. Tell us about that club. Correct. So the club, um, it will have, of course, there's a welcoming atmosphere with a, a church team that hosts the club that's welcoming the children. And then they'll have uh, a Bible lesson. They'll have songs. They will have games, sometimes a missionary story. Uh, so it's a kind of a high-powered uh, hour to an hour and 15 minutes. The kids enjoy it. And most of all, they learn about God and uh, and the message of the gospel begins to transform them. So we get a great feedback from schools and principals of the impact of the of the club in the children. 
And I know that local church partnership is critically important to you at CEF. Tell us about that partnership. That's right. We prefer to always partner with a local church to start a club in the public school. So it's it's a partnership thing. CEF brings a number of things to the table, like insurance and training and literature and, and all the uh, contacts with principal superintendent. We take care of all that. And then the, ch- the local church puts together a team that we train, and they come, and they are the ones who minister to the children. And the reason that's very important is relationships are built, and as the parents come after the club is over to pick up the children, uh, relationships are built with these folks from this church, and invitations are made to come visit the church. So a lot of good things happen in the families, in the community, uh, that go back to the connection with that local church that is sponsoring and that's teaching that mm-hmm. club. So just looking at the United States, how many such good news clubs are there across the country, and uh, and about how many young people are you ministering to in the United States through the good news clubs? Uh, through the United, in the United States, um, so our, school, our ministry year statistics go through August, uh, or I'm sorry, September through August, uh, so the Good News Clubs in, in the United States in this last year, uh, we ministered to 102,000 children. We're still rebuilding post-COVID. Um, in 2019, we had a very large ministry year. Of course, because we're a face-to-face ministry, mm-hmm. COVID shut down most of our ministry, and so we're in the process of rebuilding. But it's 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 getting back to where it was very fast. Okay, so um, in a, so about one hundred and two thousand children. About how many clubs is that in the schools? Um, that's about uh, twenty six hundred clubs in the public schools, an additional thousand clubs in other locales. Okay, um, and that might be in a backyard or church or other location. Correct. Okay. Daycare, you know, differently. Mm-hmm. Typically, we, we like to uh, place our clubs outside of the church because that's where the unchurched kids are. Eighty, A lot of people don't know this, but 80% of kids in America don't go to church. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we do helps local churches. We give tons of training to Sunday school teachers and other ministry leaders in churches, and, and we help them with any way we can to minister to children in their church. But we have a special passion for the unchurched kids that no one's reaching. And so that's why most of our clubs are located outside of the walls of the church. And the clubs are located outside, but your goal is then to get the children inside the church, then, correct? Absolutely. That's why we prefer to do these clubs in partnership with local churches, because then it's much easier for that to happen. I'll tell you an example of a story I heard recently of these two girls that, uh, actually they're twin girls, that started attending Good News Club. And, of course, they, they trusted the Lord, and God started impacting their lives because of their changed behavior. Both parents started attending the church of the team that was teaching the Good News Club, then the parents get saved. The dad was, was had a problem with alcohol, and God helped them get past alcoholism. And it was a beautiful thing I saw one time on the video. The entire family was baptized at this church together. Mother, hmm. uh, uh, father, and the two girls all baptized at the same time. Why? Because it's the, it's the team from the church that is doing the ministry. Those relationships are built, and then the family is invited to come to the church. Moses Estevez with us here today on Crosstalk. He's vice executive vice president of Child Evangelism Fellowship and uh, certainly reaching boys and girls with the gospel message. And I, I appreciated something I saw on your website, Moses, and that is, uh, we, you know, we've heard about these windows, uh, the 1040 window of reaching, you know, this between the, you know, the, these parallels, uh, you know, in our, our around the globe of reaching people, the people groups within those parallels. But you have something called the uh, 414 window that is really focusing on reaching children between the ages of 4 and 14. Absolutely. Because the, the, the Lord himself said, let the children come to me. Yes. And he says, for of such belongs the kingdom of God. And then this is Mark, Mark uh, chapter 10. And then verse 15, it says, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So not only children are open to receive the truth of the gospel and to genuinely believe in Christ for salvation, mm-hmm. but then the Lord says everybody else needs to become such as a child, meaning they have to 
uh, even adults have to sort of adopt this simple faith like a child has to believe Christ. That's why we usually say in CEF, all evangelism is child evangelism. Right. So it's very important to to minister to children while they have this tender heart towards the things of God before life moves on to the teen years, to the adult years, in which their life backpack begins to get filled with sin and consequences of sin, their hearts begin to be seared, and then its statistics drop radically uh, for the numbers of the percentages of people that get saved as adults. So when kids are young, that's the ideal time to share Christ with them. Let's look at the effectiveness of these good news clubs. You mentioned, you know, how the one family was reached, but how effective overall, as you take a look at the the broad picture, how how effective are these good news clubs? Are you seeing regular results from them? Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, um, everywhere we go, such you know, an older organization like ours has been doing good news clubs for over eighty six years. We run into people all the time that approach us and say, hey, I was saved as a child. Sometimes they don't remember the words Good News Club, mm-hmm. but they come in contact with CEF and say, hey, I was saved in one of those. I was impacted for Christ in one of those. We hear those testimonies on a regular basis. And they, you know, and, and even more recent stories, for example, um, uh, this story actually comes from Nevada, and it's uh, this little girl, um, her name is Brianna, and uh, she started attending Goodness Club, and and uh, her parents have had a very broken marriage, and and she gets saved. She comes home, and, and you know what it is? Kids are fight, fired up about the Lord. That's all they talk about at home. And the mother Monica started getting interested in what the daughter would say at home, and the people from the club invited her to go to church. So she started going to church. Monica, the mom, gets saved, and uh, and now the both the daughter and the mom. Uh, are, are beginning to have a positive impact on on the dad, and eventually um, he gets interested in what's going on in their lives, and he starts attending church, and uh, he gets saved. His name is Leandro. He gets saved, and uh, it's a beautiful thing because through this little girl attending a news club, the marriage of the parents was restored, and they got remarried. And uh, today, both parents are now trained and involved, um, not just in their local church, but also teaching the Good News Club, where the daughter Brianna attends, that started this whole thing. So we constantly hear stories of lives impacted, not because of our program, mm-hmm. but because of the power of the gospel that changes lives. Yeah, and that's 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 where the power is. That's the source of power itself, the gospel but unless that gospel has that form to be taught and, and teached and, and preached, proclaimed to the children, how are they going to hear it? Correct. Yeah. Very but important. It's critically important. And, friends, at the outset of the program, we talked about many of the pressures that are upon children today. I'm going to have our guests come on, on that in just a few moments, but uh, we're going to be taking a break here. We're speaking with Moses Estevez, Executive Vice President of Child Evangelism Fellowship, and indeed, they have a goal of reaching every child, every nation, every day. Now, they talked about the number of uh, good news clubs that are across the country, but there's a great lack of individuals to be involved to expand that outreach. And so we can talk about theory out there, but friends, we're going to let the rubber meet the road here. How can you get engaged with CEF as well? How can you get engaged in forming a good news club in your public schools uh, right where you live? So we'll have more information to come. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what are comets made of? Chris, comets are sometimes referred to as dirty snowballs. They're mainly ice, but with a lot of solid particles mixed in. As a comet goes around the sun, the solar heat and solar wind vaporize part of the comet, and we see the tail as those particles are stripped away. Now we find that sometimes not only is the tail stripped away, but sometimes the head is lopped off, speeding up the comet's disintegration. Obviously, comets can't last too long, thus they are a strong sign of a recently created universe. The Bible refers to these comets as wandering stars that don't follow the standard motion of the stars or the planets. They were created on day four of creation week, back in Genesis. To equip yourself with facts that support your faith, 
visit us on the web at www.icr.org. That's www.icr.org. Listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. And friends, we see the direction of this nation and we're troubled. We're troubled at the direction we're going. And we see this next generation that is up and coming and uh, troubled by the values, or should I say the lack of values that they are espousing and the indoctrination that's going on on so many different fronts. It's critically important that we reach them for Jesus. Now, friends, if we as believers do not do this, who will? And that is the world is stepping in. Matter of fact, as we're speaking today with Moses Estevez, Executive Vice President of Child Evangelism Fellowship, Moses, I understand that uh, there's kind of a a new phenomenon going on right now, and that is these after-school Satan clubs. Uh, These really do exist, and they are happening, but uh, your your perspective on on, uh, these clubs and and, uh, their outreach to children. Uh, yes, that's quite an interesting phenomenon. Actually, we've been uh, uh, sort of uh, persecuted a bit, it's, a, it's probably a good word, by atheist groups because they don't like the fact that we're teaching Bible clubs in public schools. They can't remove us legally, and so they resort to publicity campaigns to try to shut down Good News Clubs. We have had, in the last 10, 15 years, several different waves of it. The most recent wave is the after-school Satan Club. Um, these are really Satan-worshipping people. The Satanic Temple is, is sort of a group of atheists that form this, this, uh, this PR stunt. And so they specifically choose schools that have Good News Clubs, and then they come with, with a big media splash and very scary and uh, saying they're going to start a Satan club. So their, their, their strategy is to create a negative reaction in the community, in the, uh, the school administration, and so on, in hopes that they will be pushed out. And when they're pushed out because they're, you know, they're a Satan club, then now they have the legal footing to file a lawsuit against the school for the right to be in there. And then the school is now under pressure to uh, to respond to that, and, and their hope is that they will shut down all the activities, extracurricular activities in the school, and when that happens, they Satan Clubs has achieved their objective. So that's their strategy. Uh, typically, we say the best way to respond is to uh, let them start the club, because, uh, you know, the key, the key thing that defeats this club is actually the parents because the parents will not sign up the kids mm-hmm. for a Satan club. With all the problems the kids are, are, are struggling with today that you actually listed in the beginning of your show, um, no, no parents are going to, sure, this will be a great club for my child. So it's actually the parents that end up shutting down uh, the club by not, allow, not filling out parental permission slips for the children to attend. So they've had very, very tiny success, I think two or three clubs that started uh, I think one in Colorado, one in Pennsylvania, with very few children attending. I mean, it's it's practically nothing, and it's really the parents that stop them. Yeah, wow. Um, so you mentioned you've got about 2,600 clubs in public elementary and middle schools, correct? Mostly uh, public schools. Oh, I'm sorry, elementary schools. Elementary, okay. And, and I did some looking uh, at, just went online, and I found that there are about 67,000, just over 67,000 public elementary schools in the country. How, how urgently do you need churches to come alongside? How urgently do you need workers to come alongside to see these Good News Club expand? Yeah, I would answer, I would answer by, by, if I may, uh, reminding the listeners of a very important passage in Judges chapter 2, uh, the, mm. verse 10, that says, after the generation was gathered to their fathers, that's the generation of Joshua that entered the land, there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Yep. And the people of Israel, meaning that next generation, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, served the Baals, and they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers. So 
what happened in this particular story is that Joshua's generation somehow, maybe they were too busy conquering the land, they failed to pass to the next generation the knowledge and the fear of God. And so these kids grew up, you know, not wanting to walk with the Lord, and they abandoned the Lord and followed all kinds of evil things. And so every generation has to deal with that. We are the gen- Someone brought the gospel to us, and so we are now responsible. Nobody else is responsible, but this generation of believers is responsible to pass the knowledge of God to the next generation. The public schools are open. In very few cases, there's resistance, and, and we have you know our partners, Liberty Council, that helps us with all that. Uh, so really, our bottleneck is we need to find more churches, more church teams that are willing to be trained, and they're willing to plant a weekly Good News Club as a lighthouse, lighthouse of the gospel, salt and light, right there in the middle of the community, in the middle of the public school. And if churches catch that vision and take on that responsibility of passing the, the knowledge of God to the next generation, then we can cover all the schools in the country. And let me mention, Moses, many times it's the spark of a layperson in the church. And, you know, the pastor's got a, often a busy schedule with uh, uh, preaching and, and counseling and many responsibilities. This is often started by lay people within the church, is it not? Oh, yeah, many times. They, they're the ones that become aware of it. They, they go back to the church and with a passion and a burden in their hearts. They start talking to people. The pastor gives the blessing. They round up a team, and here we go. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And uh, friends, you can be that spark in your own church to begin a good news club, reaching out to the uh, to the elementary schools right in your community, where you can make a difference right where you are. Uh, and I want to point out, Moses, that you not only want to reach children with the gospel, but you're also committed to discipleship. Tell us about that as well. Absolutely. We have a an extensive curriculum of four years uh, so new, fresh material every week that we teach the boys and girls. Every Bible lesson time has teaching for the saved child, and then we share the gospel for the unchild, uh, unsaved child that's mm-hmm. present. And so every week there's teaching and challenging uh, uh, for that saved child to grow in the faith and to love God and to serve God. And, and we even, uh, there's a special program we call CRC, Children Reaching Children, that we train the older kids in Good News Clubs how to evangelize. We train them how to share the gospel uh, using the wordless book, and we send them out for them to share it with their peers. And I'm telling you, these little evangelists are quite bold, (laughs) and they will share with 20, 30, 40 friends, and then they'll come back and report on it. So our hope is also that uh, perhaps through this effort, God will raise up a new generation of evangelists for the body of Christ. Indeed, indeed. Now, um, for those who are listening right now and said, you know, I'd like to be that one to make a difference in my community, I feel burdened to reach children. I feel burdened to reach this next generation. You know, I, I talk about all the issues happening in our world. I complain about what's going on. But what have I done as an individual? Here's something I could do. Uh, you will CEF will come alongside and help train me, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. That's we have uh, very, very strong training programs. We trained around the the world last year four hundred over four hundred and thirty thousand teachers and just you know believers that are passionate about it and they want to know how to minister to kids and and so all that is in place. Actually, we encourage people to go to our website at cfonline.com. Uh, and there there's a chapter finder, so they can actually put their zip code, and it will show up the closest CF office to them. They can get a hold of that CF office, office and say, hey, I want to learn more about CF, or I want training for my Sunday school teachers, and those staff are there ready to help, cfonline.com. Okay, and you can just look up your closest chapter to your friends and and then reach out to them. Say, you know, I I heard this program on the radio about starting a good news club. I have interest. I need more information. Uh, You know, get me engaged. How How do I get help? How do I get training? How can I start a club? And I'm confident, Moses, that that Good News chapter is going to be just excited to help get somebody to to come alongside and, and reach out to a new school. They will be. They will be very happy. They will do whatever it takes to provide the necessary help, the training, the tools, everything. Uh, and they will actually be there for the first few weeks of the club to assist in the kickoff. And then once the team is well-established and they know what they're doing, they'll leave and go start another mm-hmm. one. But they will be there to help all the way. 
Friends, I am reminded of Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. It says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Would you be willing to be, to be that person to to stand in the gap and 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 to take up this 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 banner, so to speak, of reaching this generation with the gospel? Uh, again, the website is cefonline.com. Now, in a short time, we'll be giving you opportunity to call and ask questions of our guests today. But I would Moses like to expand beyond the United States to get a picture of what's happening around the world. Give us a glimpse of how many clubs, how many children are you reaching around the globe? Absolutely. So this, uh, actually, since we're talking about Good News Clubs, which is one of our ministries, we um, taught in the last ministry year 79,000 Good News Clubs. Hmm. And um, we reached, in all our ministries around the world, in this last ministry year, 19.5 million children. The goal for this year is 26.5. And so our workers are working very hard, and uh, we have many wonderful ministries um, and of course, there's unique portions of the world that where we have unique strategies. Because uh, when the war broke out, for example, in Ukraine, our, our, our 6970 full-time staff were actually in a conference in Ukraine when the war broke out that same day, and um, and they're still there. I think five or six of them left, but most of them are still in Ukraine. And we're providing all kinds of aid and support to them, and they continue to minister to kids even though rockets are flying over their heads. Um, there's amazing things happening in, term, in terms of ministry all around the world, but it's at its heart has this 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 call from God to bring the Word of God, the the, the message of the gospel that has the power to transform lives and families and communities to boys and girls everywhere. But it's done in many different ways. Mm-hmm. In many different ways, from uh, some eighty percent of our ministry is done long distance through uh, digital ministries or some literature and so on. So that means that ninety-two percent of our ministry is eyeballs to eyeballs. Uh, you know, a trained teacher would CF literature, uh, sharing the, the word of God, the gospel, with boys and girls in in small groups. Although in Africa, the clubs can reach one, two, three thousand children. Wow. Wow. Because there's so many kids that rally to the to the club, so the work is going on very strongly. We have a program called Span Sponsor a National, and so every month uh, we have to raise about two hundred and eighty thousand dollars and send it to one thousand over one thousand three hundred staff around the world. Many places where they can't raise the concept of raising support doesn't exist there, and so they need that assistance. And so we we send those funds, and it's a wonderful thing because those workers. They can reach literally thousands of kids a year and in a variety of uh, of locations and situations uh it's so much easier and more efficient than just trying to send an American person there to to that country so it's a wonderful program that we're trying to accelerate of course, we need more funds to accelerate that, but we believe that God is going to grow that program, and we're going to be able to perhaps assist two thousand or three thousand of these workers around the world, some of them in the Middle East, some in Africa, some in Asia, some in Latin America, that are um, teaching the Bible to boys and girls. Yeah. It's called SPAN, S-P-A-N. and the Sponsor inf- a National. Sponsor a National, and that's uh, info on your website, correct? Yes. CEFonline.com. Friends, our phone number to Crosstalk today is 800-733-9829. Do you have questions? Perhaps this has pricked something in your heart. Say, I want to get involved. I got more questions. Uh, Maybe you're involved in CEF and want to make a comment. 800-733-9829. We'll be right back. For thousands of years, mankind has been fascinated with the question of what will happen in the future. Many have turned to palm readers, horoscopes, or a myriad of psychics for answers. However, one of the places people have refused to look is at the pages of Scripture. Jesus himself was asked by his disciples, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Jesus responded in the Olivet Discourse recorded in Matthew chapters 24 and 25. Bible prophecy teacher and pastor Richard Schmidt addresses and explains these powerful prophetic chapters in his book, 
Tribulation to Triumph, the Olivet Discourse. VCY America is making available this book for a donation of $15 or more. For your copy of Tribulation to Triumph, call 1-800-729-9829. The critical need to reach children, our topic today. Moses Estevez is our guest, Vice President, Executive Vice President of Child Evangelism Fellowship. And uh, just before we go to the phone lines, Moses, you were talking about uh, the number of young people that have been reached. Uh, a year ago, 19.5 million, 26.5 million this year. And you actually have a goal of reaching 100 million children. Tell us about it. That's right. Uh, We are working hard to get to the goal of reaching 100 million children per year. So in 2019, before um, uh, COVID showed up, we actually reached over 25 million children. Mm -hmm. So uh, our goal is within 10 to 15 years uh, to get to 100 million children a year. We think it's doable. We have obviously the, the whole organizational structure around the world is in place. Um, as a matter of fact, right now, as I sit here at our international headquarters, we have about 30 national directors here from 30 different countries uh, for a two-week training. So we have the leadership, the structure. We have the tested programs. Um, everything is in place. We're not piloting new things that we don't know anything about. So we, we this stuff works, and, and it's been yeah. working, and it's growing. But we just need to accelerate. We, you know, think about uh, your car instead of one accelerator. It would have several accelerators. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, like we're making a big push on on children's party clubs because it's a wonderful time of the year to to reach children for Christ, explaining the true meaning of Christmas. So this past Christmas season, we reached over six million kids through Christmas party clubs. We want to reach over 10 million kids uh, this next Christmas season at the end of this year. And there's other programs like that that we're accelerating and in hopes that God will allow us to get there. Why? Because kids are in this short window that you were talking about, Jim, in this short window of openness to the gospel, and we've got to come... Uh, to them at that time and not say, sorry, we're too, we weren't able to get to you. <laughs> so Amen. that's our burden, and that's what we're working hard towards. Let's go to Colleen in Venice, Florida. Colleen, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to encourage anybody who's listening to this who thinks that they can't do this. Uh, I did this year, and I have done in the past when my own kids were young. I was invited to help this year and thought, hmm, been there, done that, but did do it and realized right away how important important it is for older people to, uh, and I'm not old, but mm-hmm. <laughs> young grandmother, uh, to be involved. Uh, yeah. Just because your kids aren't there, go ahead and do it. You have experience. You have uh, more to give than a, a young, hurried mom does. But the stories that we heard from those kids were so inspiring. By the end of the year, we had 24 kids who have raised their hands to be saved, mm-hmm. and they were genuine. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. So. It's you, boy. You are at the point of the spear there with the the young ones coming up now, and this generation needs us so bad. Yeah, so indeed. Don't be afraid. You'll be so blessed in doing it. Thank you, Colleen. And yeah, uh, thank she, you. She brings a good a good point. Uh, whether one is a, a senior citizen, you can utilize them, Moses. If if you've got a family that even homeschools their their children um, and they've got teenagers, the parent can bring them right to CEF and they can minister right alongside. Correct? Absolutely. This this is such a wonderful calling from God. Any age can get involved. As a matter of fact, we just wrapped up around the country the training of about 3,000 teenagers. We do that every summer. We call Christian Youth in Action. And those teenagers then go out and teach backyard Bible clubs that we call five-day clubs. And it's amazing. At the end of the training, we've had, listen, we've had parents that have quit their jobs and come work for CEF full-time just because of what they saw, the transformation in their Mm -hmm. teens after we were done training them and, and what they were capable of doing. So even a 14-, 15-year-old can get in front yes, of kids indeed. and teach the Word of God and, and, and moms and dads and grandparents. Yes, it's a family event, and everybody can get involved. We've got Larry calling from Pine Knot, Kentucky. Larry, you're on the air. Yes, um, I used to teach high school in Laverne, Tennessee, 
And one day, we had, the principal had two students to come in and told him he wanted to, they wanted to start a satanic club. So the principal called the parents. The parents was okay with it. So that evening, the principal called an emergency faculty meeting. And in the faculty meeting, he explained to us what happened. And what they did, they changed the bylaws for a club. The only way you could have a club is to have three teachers to sponsor it. Hmm. All right. And then the principal, as he looked around the room, he made eye contact, I think, with every one of those teachers and said, nobody will ever come into my office or I don't expect anybody to to ever want to sponsor a club like that. So he put a stop to that. And then uh, one more quick thing here. Uh, in our small county here in Kentucky, okay, last year about uh, six weeks before school ended, they started getting permission slips from parents for some of the elementary students, and they would take them, uh, like on a Friday or something, to a church, a local church, and they would minister to them there. So that is another way to, for kids to be taught about that. If they would get a, the parents will sign a permission slip, and the school board will go along with it. But that's happened uh, last year here in Kentucky, and hopefully he'll go on this year. So, and. Uh, so I'll hush now, and I appreciate what you all are doing, and God bless you all. Thank you, Larry, for the call. Any comment, Moses? Uh, yes. I mean, uh, schools are taking steps to to protect themselves, and it's understandable. As long as they treat everybody the same, it's legitimate mm-hmm. when they set up those rules. The problem is when they start discriminating. Uh, but what he said about these clubs happening, we have also clubs that happen during instruction time. Those are not after-school good news clubs. We call those release time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a few hundred of those clubs. Most of them are in Oregon and Pennsylvania that have laws that are sort of favor release time clubs. And, and those clubs actually happen during instruction time, but they have to take place outside of school grounds. So usually a church nearby or someplace nearby the kids during instruction time with the necessary parental permission slips will actually walk with the teachers, uh, with the club sponsors, uh, outside of the school grounds, go into this place, have the club, and come back and continue with instruction. Those are called release time, and there's a lot of kids learning about God through those clubs as well. Our next caller is from Bronx, New York. Angel, you're on the air. Well, I I was just thinking about this very important question because I want to share this this short little story. I was listening to a program, and it's called Unshackled, and there was a story about this man who had an accident, and he was attending a Bible study. And while he was attending a Bible study, the teacher says, if there's anybody that wants to receive Jesus Christ, they stand. Well, guess what? He couldn't stand because... He has a disability. Mm-hmm. And so I have a disability. I'm blind. So my, que- so my question to you is, does your ministry, sir, have something for the blind and visually impaired and those that have a disabilities? I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, Angel. Thank you, Angel. That's, um, that's a very important topic. Um, uh, children with disabilities are certainly... Um, dear to us, and I have two grandchildren with autism, so I know what you're talking about, the need to minister to kids with disabilities. And yes, we have some tools. To be honest with you, we need to do more. Um, We have some tools for that, but one of the most powerful things in our clubs, and maybe we don't have ever, you know, like the school district will have so many resources to, to help kids with special needs, and sometimes, a, you know, a small Bible club is not going to have that level of resources. But what we have is, is the, the teams that are part of these Good News Clubs have such a deep love for the children, and they will put their arm around them and pray with them and love them and call them by name. And, and, and some of these kids are just starved for meaningful human contact and human relationships. Most of them spend their days glued to screens on video games or whatever they're doing. And so that we have in, in great supply, and in that human love and contact, along with the teaching from God's Word, will impact those kids and those lives in powerful ways. Amen, amen. And in, in the case of uh, Angel being visually impaired, I mean, they will hear with their ears the gospel message and the love that he, he, you know just exudes from the teachers in that regard. Uh, Greg in Tucson, Arizona, you're on the air. Yes, thank you. God bless you. You know, by the way, there are lots of 
two Sonans here that listen to you. So this is, I'm really glad that you're on. Um, the one Christian on the school board here in Tucson uh, told me that there's a movement afloat to eradicate all clubs. In other words, the, the drag queen and satanic whatever clubs would go, but so would the Christian clubs. And um, you see, because they could, they could have church groups or whatever that they could go to. The point is, whether suppose somebody wanted a uh, anti-black racist club. That's wrong. And so is a satanic club. So they're just patently wrong and immoral. I would eradicate them, not allow them in the school district, and keep the Christian clubs. We should be bold about this. By the way, I, I got into this late. I hope you'll repeat your website again. I want to follow through on this. Mm-hmm. And um, can your call screener uh, give him my number? I'll give you my number because I want to talk about autism. I may have some information for you yeah. that may or may not be helpful, but my Great. number here in Tucson. Can I give it? Well, I, I think probably would be best is uh, we'll give you the website for the group and their phone number is right on there where you'll be able to get through to our guest. Okay. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Moses, uh, go ahead and respond to uh, the caller, Greg, as well as uh, giving your website as well. Sure. Uh, our website is cefonline.com, and there's a, a chapter finder there where you can find the local office near you. Yeah, the, the whole issue of, of what groups are allowed in or not, it, it, it's a tough issue. Interestingly enough, that was thoroughly discussed in front of the justices of the Supreme Court. Uh, you, you can find those transcripts, and, and the attorneys basically brought every possible argument you can. What about these other groups? And it boils down to, um, you know, we cannot discriminate. So, which means if the, if the schools open the doors for us, they can open the doors for other people. Now, there's been some cases where, where the school begins to say, well, we don't want to open the doors for anybody. And a group of, of Good News Club volunteers actually went to the school board meeting and there they petitioned to the school board, uh, you know, access to the school, and they actually won that access. So there's different ways to try to get access to the schools, but it's a tough issue when the wrong group comes knocking and, uh, and the same, and the same um, Supreme Court decision applies to them as well. So it's tough. Now, can the school close down all the clubs? Absolutely. And if they if they decide to close all the clubs, then obviously we don't have any leg to stand on. But of course, we also we always have the uh, the possibility of setting up clubs for these unchurched kids in other places, and we do that as well. But not, there's no doubt that it's an ideal location, the public school. And as long as long as God keeps those doors open, we should be going through those doors and taking advantage of it. Great. Thank you for the call here. Uh, again, that's cefonline.com, cefonline.com. And uh, can people also call, uh, if they need to, call the CF headquarters uh, number as well? Absolutely. We can guide them. Uh, once they tell her what they want, they're sent to USA Ministries Department, and they'll make that contact. Okay. Is that the customer service number or the CEF headquarters number? CF headquarters number, we'll, we'll take care of it. Okay. So that number I see here is 636-456-4321. Correct. 636-456-4321. Friends, we're up against a break. We're going to be back in 60 seconds. We'll take more of your calls here momentarily. Our number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. Back in a minute here on Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Since February of 2018, I've been warning about the return of the draft. Barack Obama, on his way out the door as president, set up a commission to study drafting America's daughters and mandatory community service. Now, the media mouthpieces seem to be hinting of a coming military draft. ABC News, just this spring, had a headline. Is it time to start talking about bringing back the military draft in the United States? And retired Admiral Mike Mullen 
former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said it's time for families to talk about the draft around the dinner table. Now Biden is calling up reserves. People who thought they were out of the military are being called back in. It's time American families decide now if you're going to send your treasure, your children and grandchildren to die in foreign wars with no national interest. The critical need to reach children, our topic today on Crosstalk. Moses Estevez is our guest, Executive Vice President of Child Evangelism Fellowship. And if you missed that website, cefonline.com, cefonline.com. If you don't have Internet access, you need to make a phone call. Reach out to 636-456-4321. Let's uh, go back to the phone lines. We have uh, holding the longest is uh, Mary in Milwaukee. Mary, you're on the air. Yes. Yes, I was raised a Catholic, and I just, I know you are all biblically sound doctrine, but beware, please beware of any of these churches that might come along with holy pictures of Padre Pio and junk mm-hmm. and rosaries and all that. Okay, and before you go on there, Mary, let me just ask our guest on your discretion that you use for the churches you work with, Moses. Sure. Uh, that's a great question. So on our website, we'll, you'll find our statement of faith, which is broad and, and, and focuses on the core tenets of the Christian faith. And so any church that agrees with our statement of faith, then we're able to work with them. And that's how mm-hmm. we discern who we work with. Yeah. So, Mary, the, what you're mentioning here are, would not be in agreement with their statement of faith, so that they would not be going that direction. God bless you very much, and thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the call. God bless you. Let's go now to Germantown, Wisconsin. And uh, Mrs. O, you're on the air. Yes, ma'am. Good afternoon. Thank you for all you do. Um, when my children were growing up, we had five-day club. I think, you know, in a backyard, that's something I'm retired. I just retired. Mm-hmm. But I have the mind of working with um, Good News Club yeah. in schools but mm-hmm. because I've done the training, but the time did not work with my schedule. But now that I'm retired, but I sent an email because I still get email from CF, and I had no response. So I joined the program late. So is it just only for churches now, or how does it work? Because I did not get a response back. Okay, thank you. Sure. We apologize for that. Um, If you, again, go to cfonline.com, and you will find uh, the chapter finder. If you put your zip code, there will be several chapters that will show up, uh, including the state office. We have many chapters in Pennsylvania. And so then you will have... Uh, several phone numbers and several email addresses to contact. And for some reason, one doesn't answer back. Maybe the email address changed or something. Mm-hmm. You'll have a few others, and hopefully you, uh, you'll you get the help you need. Thank you so much for your willingness to teach children. Indeed. And, and Mrs. O, I know, for instance, that you're calling from southeast Wisconsin. There is an active southeast Wisconsin CEF club and, uh, you know, program and uh, you, so you look for that Southeast Wisconsin one, and, and uh, you can call and talk with them directly. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the call. And uh, we're going to get one last call in. This is Diane from Glendale, Arizona. And, Diane, you're on the air. Well, hello, gentlemen. Thank you so much for what you do. I can't tell you how excited it is to hear you and to list the figures and all that. I wanted to share that my friend who is a retired nurse like I am, and we were roommates. She went to um, Child Evangelism Fellowship Camp for two different weeks in June, Mm -hmm. and she told me all about it, and she told me uh, all about the Bible study and the kids being receptive and how much the teens got challenged and uh, responded so well, and her four grandchildren went the first week. I'm telling you, I can see such a difference, and I can hear all about what she shared about how easily the kids picked up on their love and being acknowledged and given time, given a hug or whatever. She was there. She took care of the staff's kids the first week, and the second week she was driving kids from three different towns to get them down to the camp in southeastern North Dakota. But I've been praying for them ever since because she says we need to pray heavily that these children maintain what they learned, Mm -hmm. and they'll still take the material. 
So thank you so much. I'm praying heavily for them and her and everybody. Great. Thank you, Diane. And uh, what she's described here, Moses, is your Christian Youth in Action training teens for your summer Good News clubs, but but uh, and which is, you know, those these clubs have been underway every summer. Uh, and specifically today, we're looking at, you know, the school year and reaching week after week after week in the schools. That's right. I, I appreciate her heart and her friend's heart to to minister to children. These children grow up so fast and they become uh, leaders in our communities and, and leading this country. And more than ever, uh, we need this next generation to be instructed in God's Word and and to know Christ, to walk with Christ. And I'm telling you, that will make a huge difference in their lives, in their families, in their communities, and ultimately in this country. Uh, Our hope is not in politics. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what the kids need to hear about. Mm -hmm. They need need to hear about the Savior that can change their lives. And I think it's important we also point out, Moses, that this might be the only exposure a child will ever have to hear the gospel. That happens many times because 80% of the kids in America don't go to church. So there's a huge slice of this population that will grow up. And it used to be in the past they would pick up more concepts. This day and age, if you ask a lot of kids who is Jesus, they think it's a swear word. They just do not have biblical knowledge. And so you can imagine what that means even for society, for their lives and for their future families. Uh, that secularism in their lives. So they need to know the Lord so they can walk with the Lord and experience the blessings the Lord has for their lives. Well, friends, uh, we have just a minute left here on the program. We're talking today with uh, Steve, um, I'm sorry, Moses Estevez uh, from Child Evangelism Fellowship and and uh, promoting the necessity of reaching children in such a time as this. There is an opportunity that, that you have right where you're at, right, right where you live, uh, ministering uh, through your church or ministering in the Good News Clubs, and uh, all it takes is, is uh, a willing heart and and to be used by the Lord in that regard, to uh, go to cefonline.com, cefonline.com, and look up your local chapter. If you can't find that or you don't have Internet access, 636 is the phone number, 636-456-4321. You can say, I, I, I heard Moses Estevez on the radio. I want to you know find out the, the club in my area so I can get in, engaged. And uh, I know that'd be a blessing to hear from you. Moses, thank you so much for joining us here on the broadcast today. Thank you, Jim, for pointing our attention to the children of our country and of the world that need Christ. Indeed. And friends, we can't lose this generation. Uh, We see the trials, we see the struggles, we see all that is happening today and how they are targeted by the world and the world is reaching them. But friends, how about we reach them with the gospel? How about we reach them with Jesus Christ? And if you're wondering about it, friends take time today and pray. Lord, how would you use me in this regard? God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208, or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk.